We move to the scripture reading now, and as I announced, Bella, Bella King, one of Julie's five children and one of her three uh, daughters, will do the reading. And a little introduction here. It's a, like I said, it's a different service. Not only is Bella reading, but she's not reading from the normal uh, Bible that we read from. She's reading from the Message Bible. I've got one here. It's, I got it in big print, so it's kind of thick. Um, but it's written by uh, Eugene Peterson, who's a uh, Montanan, or he's passed away, but he was a Montanan. So it's written in American English, actually Montanan English. So, Bella, uh, please. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through ver verse 12 through 13. You can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your, your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of his one spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to independently call our own shots. But when we entered into a large group of and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything, this is what we proclaimed in the, war, in the word and action when we were baptized. Each of us is now a part of his re resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one, f at one fountain, his spirit, where we all come to drink. The old labels we once used to identify ourselves, like labels like Jew or Greek, slave or free, are no longer useful. We need something larger, more comprehensive. Comprehensive. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Amen. Amen. And thank you, Bill. I chose having the message translation of those readings today because these are extremely common readings at Consecration Sundays. Uh, where, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. That's the way we usually hear it. And, we, and that's, of course, what was read today, too. And that we, the body of Christ, have many parts, and we're all different. But we need to be together to be the body. That's the, the, the usual way we hear it. And now we heard Eugene Peterson's translation of it. Put in modern terms. A little different, little different to hear it. But it's the same message, of course. And extremely important messages. And it's, it is the Consecration Day message. Where your heart is, that's where your... Where your where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Where your money goes, that's where your, your heart is and will be. So we move to the uh, message part of this. First off, I'm going to introduce it. It's a, like I say, we're going to have a lot of strange things here. And introduce an introduction about how I chose, uh, well, the topic's pretty obvious, but how I chose to do this. Uh, I really want to, I'm really going to focus 
on you instead of me. And part, and or my story, part of the reason of the focus is on the day after the Sunday, after Mother's Day, I spoke, Julie was out having a mother's uh, maternity leave for her youngest child. And I think I, was, my, I might have been the last one to speak during that maternity leave, close to the end. It was, the, it was toward Second the end. Last, Second to last. Yeah. Okay, I should remember. Oh, I think I do remember that now. At any rate, it was toward the end. Uh, and I gave a talk about <clears throat> legacies, uh, which kind of relates to today's topic too. And I talked about the legacy of my mother, seeing how it was Mother's Day the week before my mother's legacy and how a big part of her legacy was involvement with the church. How about that? And uh, yeah, I followed her lead of that legacy and I talked about my legacy and how what I'm, patterns I'm setting for, for others, not just my children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, but for others, the, my legacy in the world. And after the service, we're, t we're talking in the fellowship time <clears throat> about, uh, with others about it. And the question was asked, so what was your, uh, your mother, not to me, but to someone else, what was your mother's legacy? And the answer was, well, I haven't much thought about that. And I realized then, oh my goodness, I totally blew it. This isn't about me and my mother, this is about you. And what we're talking about here, and what the reason you come to church is not to hear about me, it's for you to connect with God. So I didn't do it as well as I could have. And of course, that's true with most everything in life. If you could only be as good as you want to be, but, but today I'm going to bring, make sure that the message comes to you, each of you, individually too, not just if you came as a couple, not you as a couple, but you, you as a person. You are here because you wanted to connect with God. And that's what, we're going, that's what we do today. And we're, my message is titled, Who Are You? And I've got a, uh, well, go ahead, Lyle. Thank you, Lila. See, now I told you it's going to be strange. <laughs> I didn't tell you how strange, but I bet you haven't had a rock song played very often at the start of a message. But, and uh, again, a little pre-warning, that that's not the last time you're going to hear that song today. And, it, and there's the sequel question to it. It's who are you and who do you want to be? It's about you and, and you and God talking. And I play it, we play it out. There's five aspects of a pledging. It's not just the financial one. There's five aspects. And after each one, there'll be a little reflection time for you, for each of you, to reflect on who you are and who you want to be. And we'll play that. And that, that uh, it's kind of a cute rock song. I kind of like it. Uh, it's kind of, it's definitely repetitive. It goes on and on and on like that. Who are you? Uh, it's repetitive. It's, uh, you could call it annoying. It's so repetitive. And you're going to hear it, I think, six more times today. And uh, repetitive, annoying, and haunting. It stays in your mind. That's my, my idea here. It's haunting. And part of being haunting, think of the word haunting. Focus on that for a minute. The Holy Ghost is talking to you. Yeah. It's, God talks to us through the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. It's, in, it's God in us. That's what the Holy Ghost is. So this song is haunting, and it, it's related, and as you hear it, related to it's the Holy Ghost talking to you about who you are and who do you want to be, and how do you get from who you are to who you want to be. 
as I said, my one, the sermon I had on legacies. We talked about legacies, but I didn't do it as well as I wanted it to go. So think about who you are and who you want to be as we hear the song, Who Are You? Well, the five aspects of pledging. Oh, pledging cards. Today is the day you, we put out a letter, and in the letter it said, bring the pledging card uh, to the church today, Consecration Sunday. Don't worry if you forgot yours. We've got you covered. I remembered mine. It's right here. This is what it looks like. You have one right now. It's in the bulletin. We've got you covered. So your, your pledge card, remember I'm talking to each of you individually, not, in, not just as a couple, but to each of you. You have a pledge card right in front of you. Or it's, in the, it's in your bulletin. And on it, uh, it'd be nice to put your name on it, but we're gonna go over the five aspects of pledging and give you a chance to think about what you are and what you wanna be, how you could connect with God. That's, the, that's why you came here, to connect with God. And your pledges will help you with that. And the five aspects are presence, prayers, I do them in a different order for a reason. Presence, prayers, serving, and then giving, financial giving, and then witnessing. I'm doing it in that order, even though on the back of the pledge card you have, they're in a different order. Presence, prayers, giving, serving, and then witnessing. But I'm going to do them in a little different order. Like I said, it's a different Sunday. And for each of them, for each of the five, I'm going to talk about three different ways of looking at it. There's, what does Jesus say about this? What does the little book study we had, it's called The Walk, I'm gonna quote from this book. Uh, Julie did a wonderful book study on this book called The Walk, Five Essential Practices. Five kind of relates to the five, no more than kind of, it definitely relates to pledging by uh, Adam Hamilton. And it's a wonderful book and there was a great uh, study and we'll talk about uh, Adam Hamilton, and then we'll I'll kind of relate it to us. So presence. Jesus' thoughts on presence. Uh, I had a sermon on this, or a message on it. We talked about uh, Luke 4, 16. It says, as was his custom, Jesus went to the synagogue on the Sabbath. As was his custom. This is Jesus. You know, he's, he's God in human form. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath. Eugene Peterson translated that to mean he always went to the, to the, to the synagogue on the Sabbath. Well, you know, there's a little difference between as was his custom and always. But that was what, uh, that's what Jesus did. He always went to synagogue. And I usually go, by the way, on mine, I filled out the presence. Oops, I can't look down. On my, on my pledge card on the back, what did I say about presence? I worship when I'm in Shoto and I'm well. And I didn't say, and there's no pandemic. But uh, you know, that, that's kind of part of it too. But that's, uh, I'll come here when, it, when I'm in this town and I'm well. In a, about three weeks ago, I was quite sick, so I didn't come. But, uh, and there's no pandemic. So, so that's kind of always, but uh, whatever you want to say on the back of your form, if you want to make a pledge to God of what you want to do, you'll have a chance to do that right now. What did, what did Hamilton say about it? Hamilton talked about the importance of communal worship. I talked about communal worship when we did the Lord's Prayer. Well, we get together to connect, and we connect at friendship time, when we share what's going on in our lives, like the Lindgren's baby. 
and we, sh and, we sh and we connect in all ways. We connect at fellowship time. We connect with each other about our lives. It's important to have each other and to connect through it with God through each other. We, and I had <clears throat> an interesting occurrence. Of course, we, we all are so keen on this with the pandemic. We don't, just two years ago, we couldn't meet. And now we are. And the difference is like, couldn't be more obvious. Is that, wow, what a difference. All of a sudden, and we've been, our whole lives been meeting in church, and then we couldn't, and now we can't. Yeah, it's a pretty big difference to have communal worship. It's important to be here and to connect with one another. And, and I want to remind us all that. It's important to do this, this communal worship. Linda and I missed a couple of the Bible studies, and we did a makeup on them. We had a, uh, oh, the, the video that, that presented it and the book. And so we did a couple of the studies on makeup, sort of, where we're just watching the video. It's not the same. It's maybe 10% is good. Uh, so we, wa we watched it together so we could talk about it. But still, there, the whole idea of a communal worship is way different than just doing it individually. So presence is the number one uh, pledge. Think about what you want to do in your, your involvement of being part of the church, of coming to church. Tired of it yet? <laughs> There'll be more. Prayer is the number two. And on the back of your pledge sheet, there's prayers to your involvement with prayer. How do you pray? When do you pray? How often? How do you, how do you prompt yourself to pray? Did Jesus pray? Oh, my goodness. Forty days in the wilderness praying. Yeah, and the day before he dies, he goes to Gethsemane, he prays for hours. That painting of him over there. Praying as he knows his death is coming, a, a torturous death is coming. He's praying to God. On the cross, we have eight times that Jesus spoke. Three of them were prayers directly to God. Now here he is, a God in human form, and yet he form, and he's praying to God, his Father. He's calling to God for, for help and insight and, and leadership. So Jesus prayed a lot, almost constantly, you could say. What does Hamilton say about prayer? He's big on the number five, and he says there's five times a day you should be thinking about praying. There's three obvious ones. You, we typically eat three meals a day, have prayer three times a day, the very morning when you get up, and the evening when you go to bed. That's Hamilton's advice for us, is to when to pray, to little prompts. You know, it's, it's easy to go through a day and not have thought about it, but there's certainly three meals a day that you eat and should think about prayer. Pray to God. Jesus prayed, we need to pray. We need to connect with God. It's important for us to live the, the lives we need to live. It's important to pray. Hamilton recommended five. Linda and I do. We uh, rarely miss a prayer time at a meal. And we have two Bible studies that we use, one in the morning and one at night, at bedtime. The upper room, if, you have, if you're not familiar with the upper room, we have copies of it here. It's terrific. We do it every morning after breakfast, after our breakfast prayer, and then we eat, and then we have a prayer. And at bedtime, we have a prayer, a devotional called the Daily Bread that we read, and we, and we always, don't just read it, we connect to it. We talk about how it relates to us or how it relates to any of our family member or friends. Five times a day. It's a really good practice. It helps you be who you want to be.
Lila's getting better at cutting it off at the right instant. <laughs> Thank you, Lila. So if this is working right, you can on the, the back put what makes sense for you on, on your prayer. And it's individual. It's what, what makes sense for you. It's not necessarily anything I've re referenced of how I or Linda and I or Hamilton recommends, Adam Hamilton or Jesus, but what makes sense for you to pray? And we're going to turn these in at, if you want to, if you can take it home if you want, but uh, we're going to turn these in at uh, offering time. I hope they'll fit in the, in the offering train. And I said normally financial is considered next, but I'm, which is often called giving, but I'm going to do serving next. I wanted to talk about the importance of serving before we talk about financial giving. Did Jesus serve? Oh my goodness. Virtually every story in the Bible is about him serving the underprivileged, the disenfranchised, people who needed help, even raises uh, Lazarus from the dead and talk about serving. Uh, every disease you can think of back then, he helped cure, helped cure people with it. He was serving, that was his life, serving people. Yeah, Jesus was the great servant. Of course, toward the end of his life, he watched at the, the Last Supper. He washes his disciples' feet. He's serving them, serving. That was Jesus. Hamilton recommends, and this is not unique to him, but the random acts of kindness. That on a regular basis, you should think of ways to do something extraordinary for somebody who would benefit from it. Uh, just out of the clear blue. You know, Linda and I have that happen to us periodically, and we try to do it. Random acts of kindness are an important way to serve others who may never know that you did it. It's, it helps you connect with God. That's why you do it. I want to read. See, I told you it'd be different. I've got some props. Not exactly read. I read excerpts. from This is the church letter that all of you who are members or, or attend here received. It's from me, Sharon, and Julie. And in the center of it, there's a list, a paragraph on activities of this church where we serve our community and serve the world. And I'm just going to blast through, uh, I'm not going to even read it, I'm just going to hit some of the, uh, the bullet points. Uh, weekly Bible study, monthly CCC at Skyline, Connect Children's Ministry at the Lutheran Church, Wine and the Word at Copper Creek, a small group ministries, Sunday evening youth night, Monday evening book study. That's where I met, ran into Hamilton. Trash Trevor and, and uh, Bake Sale, the second annual economical outdoor worship during Independence Weekend. The fall dinner, a big deal. Uh, ecumenical children's program, youth food drive, at Christmas stroll, one wedding, they're here. Eight new members to our church, three baptisms in our parish, and uh, Julie officiated over seven celebrations of life. These are the activities that this church did. We don't just meet on Sunday morning to worship God and connect with each other. It, this, this church is an ongoing, very active program of connecting with our community and improving our community. And, and we need you to be part of it. On the, uh, the form, the back has a serving category, but it also has at the bottom of the form lists of things where we need people to help. And this is a little checkbox thing. You might, uh, as I continue, as we get to the, uh, the music part of this, and as, we, uh, as I continue to talk here about uh, aspects of this, you might look through those. There might be some that you could help with. And uh, check some boxes and give Lila a call list to call when it comes time for doing these things. I want uh, to feature Sharon Hogg. Sharon, could you stand up? 
and face the audience. That's Sharon. Okay, thank you, Sharon. You can sit down now. About a week ago, I kind of warned her that I might do this. And I bet she was hoping I'd forget. But uh, when I asked her if I could, she said, oh, please don't. That might not be exact quote, but it sounded a lot like that <laughs> when I heard her. A lot like, oh, please don't. And then I explained to her why I wanted to do this. First off, she's an example of serving. That's extraordinary. Uh, and I said, not everybody even knows who you are. There's some new people in our church that don't even know who you are. And I would bet if I did a survey and asked, well, most know that she's our treasurer. That's a big deal. Uh, but I said, I bet if I asked how, how long you know, you've been the treasurer, even Norman might not know, her husband, might not know how long she's been our uh, treasurer. She's been our treasurer 35 years. 35 years of, of being our treasurer. That's uh, 12 times 35 is 420 months that she, every month, took care of our bills and, and, and made our ends meet. Now, what, that's extraordinary in itself, and we all have checkbooks and know how hard that is. It's never much fun. But uh, you know, she had to do it. She has no control of making the ends meet of either of the ends. All the expenses are, done, are decided by the leadership council, and all the income happens by magic. And she has no control of it. And, you know, in our personal lives, of course, we control our alcohol and we control our input to some degree. But she has to make those ends meet with no control over either end. So what a miracle. And she's done it for 35 years. And we were, we've had her at our weekly or monthly meeting this year or this month. She talked about she's still benefiting and learning from it after 35 years. How wonderful. So I wanted to uh, feature her as an example of serving. Wow, can you beat that story? You don't have to beat it, but you should be inspired by it. Be inspired by the serving that Sharon has done for us for 35 years. Thank you, Sharon. Yay, yay, yay. Oh, and on kind of the silly side of it, you don't have to be a, an expert in doing finances. You don't have to be an expert on any of this in order to serve. About a month ago, I played the piano. And I, as I told everybody that I'd be a, an average third grader. And I said, you yeah, know, so I'm not very good. But, you know, I said, okay, I'll serve, I'll play the piano. And most said I was better than nothing. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you don't have to be an expert or anything. But I played the piano, even though I'm an average fourth grader, maybe, at playing the piano. So, yeah, don't be overwhelmed by, oh, I couldn't do that because I don't have 35 years of accounting experience. Yeah, or we'll, we'll help you. Think about yourself serving. Go ahead, Lyle. Okay, we come to the financial one. And I knew I was going to run long on this, so I'm going to go through this one because we kind of understand it. But I've got some really key points on it. Did Jesus, what did Jesus say about finances? He talked about finances a lot. And of course, the, the reading that Bella did for us is your treasure is where your heart is, where you spend your money. That's what's important to you. Yeah, that's, that's where your heart is. That's what, where you're going to be. Uh, Hamilton did a cute story about uh, his accountant asked him some advice on writing a book. And he, the accountant, was writing a book on uh, presidential candidates' tax returns. Nothing to do with the current situation. Now, this is years and years ago. But uh, he was doing that, and he said it was very, he came up with the idea that your tax return is a selfie. It's kind of the same idea, your treasure is where your heart is. 
Get, take your tax return. It's a picture of what's important to you. And one vice, president, uh, vice presidential candidate's tax return had a huge amount of money for his mortgage, so he looked important, and $300 for donations. You know, and, uh, so, okay, that's a selfie of him. And we don't know who he was, but still. You, the idea is your tax return shows you, who you what you look like. It's the idea of your treasure is where your heart is, put in a different terms. Oh, and he also, he, Hamilton, talked about his wallet and his Bible. He carries one in each pocket. And he says they're often in conflict with each other. Is that, you know, the Bible is what he wants to be, and then his money, he often doesn't exactly follow it. You know, it's not exactly in line. They don't click together. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's true. And it comes back to uh, the Bible that talks about donating to the church. It says 10%, and it says uh, it should be your first 10%. We're talking in kind of uh, farmer terms. Your best harvest, your best part of your harvest. And for us, that means <clears throat> you give your, your, your tithe or your giving first, and then you, you live your life. It's not the other way around. It's not you live your life, and if you happen to have any money, you couldn't figure out how to spend, you give it to the church. You know, it's just the opposite of that. Your first money, the first thing, you, your first priority is to support your church and to support God. That's what God wants us to do. And that's what we are hoping you to do. And we're hoping that there'd be increases in our pledging. That's what Hamilton recommends. Uh, as, you know, of course, inflation increases the, uh, your income in theory. So uh, increases should follow your income too. So think about your giving is what you're going to do for this year's giving. Well. Okay, and the last one's witnessing. Uh, yes, Jesus did a lot of witnessing. He, his whole life was pretty much dedicated to uh, building a following, making the, the church work, having uh, a following that's follow me, he would say, follow me, and I'll make you fishermen of men. Hamilton's thought on uh, witnessing, he had a clever idea. He said virtually everybody is on social media. I'm not, by the way. But uh, most people are on social media, and you don't have to explicitly say, hey, come join my church. If you just talk about, hey, I went to church today and had a good time, th that would be witnessing in a form. Is that you're, and of course, you give more detail about how I had this, got to hear this absolutely amazing uh, message from uh, the finance chair about uh, pledging. You, yeah, to be silly here. But uh, yeah, think about, you could easily use social media to reach people who you, you reach on others. My sister puts a picture of her dinner most days. Well, who could care less about my sister or what she ate for dinner? Certainly not me. But uh, you could share any thoughts you have about any activity you've had with the church. And that's indirectly witnessing. I've asked several times, I've asked people who had come to church in the past who had kind of fallen off. And I say, yeah, Jesus would like to see you in church. And never ever has anyone said, back off, Brooke. So we, uh, you, you don't need to bug me. No, they've always said, well, thank you for the invitation. Uh, you've done your part. The ball's in my court. So it's, never, it's not threatening to do that. It's pleasant to do that. 
And I've never once felt bad after I've done it. I've always felt good. It's a good idea. And the last bullet I've got, almost, is our church mission. Our church mission, it's on the, out, the outside, the very first page of uh, your bulletin that you got. After it says who we are, the Shodi United Methodist Church, it says, seeking and empowering disciples of Jesus Christ. Seeking, the very first word of our mission statement is we seek disciples of Jesus Christ. To, to love, witness, and serve. That's what our mission statement is, seeking disciples. So yeah, it's important to us. Very, it's the first word in our mission statement. So think about your own witnessing. Witnessing with other people who drop off coming to church. Witnessing by using social media. Lila? I had to wake Lila up. And I do have a close. And Lila, do you have a copy of this letter that you can post? I have a letter. There's no chance in the world you're going to be able to read this. I, I can read it because it's right in front of me, and I'll read it to you, word for word, by the way. This is a letter that Sharon, our treasurer, if you don't listening, who uh, found it. She was going through her mother's items. Her mother passed away uh, within a year, I think. Am I right? Oh, my goodness. I thought it was within a year. Okay. 18 months ago, approximately. Sharon's mother passed away. And she's going through the long process of uh, cleaning up stuff from her mother. And she was going through a box of stuff from her mother being a Girl Scout leader, she thought, and she bumped into this letter. And it was from 1952, I think you told me. 62, I got the two right at least. Uh, so 1962, we're talking a lot of years ago. Uh, 70 years ago, 60 years ago. Dear blank, this is back in the days when you'd mimograph things and then you'd write in what you had to change. Your church is short of funds to meet the expenses for the balance of the year. If each member, if each member family could give at least an additional $10 beside their regular pledges, we could finish the year without any indebtedness. When you became a member of the church, you promised to uphold it with your attendance, prayers, gifts, and service. I guess they didn't have witnessing back then. Now is the time to keep your promise with an extra gift. Make checks payable to the Shoto Methodist Church, not United, to Iona Zagoda. I imagine some of you know, knew Igoda, Iota Zagoda, not me. Uh, Shoto Methodist, yours truly, Finance Committee. And then this is the, oh, look at this. This is back in the days when uh, graphics, you, there was no uh, internet to pull graphics off of. And Iota did her own graphics. And here we have a church on wheels with two people pulling it. And you can see, if you look hard enough, there's people inside the church. Uh, and it's being pulled by two people. And it says, are you pulling your share of the load to keep the church going? So this is, reflect on that. Are you doing your part to keep this church going? In all those five ways I talked about, that I'm hoping you're, you're pledging to yourself and to God how you're going to. You came here to talk to God. You came here to connect with God. And this is your chance to explicitly say what it is that you're going, to, you're going to pledge to do to be part of this church that does so many things for others in this community. Go ahead, Lyle.
So we move on to the hymn of reflection, appropriately, and we're not going to sing the Who's, well, that, I didn't ever say that was that song, the rock songs by the group, the Who, uh, appropriately. We're not going to uh, sing that song. We're going to sing the summits. It's in the Faith We Sing book, 2130. Please stand. 